Welcome to the All-Star Networking Podcast. It's the show where you hear from a new expert each week on how to build an all-star network, increase business sales, grow careers, find a job, or enrich your life. Let's get it started. From the Midtown Global Market in Minneapolis, here's your host, Kathy Paper. Welcome, everyone, to the All-Star Networking Show. I'm Kathy Paper here at Midtown Global Market. It is a lovely summer day. We are so close to the state fair time in Minnesota here. Joining me, as always, is trusty producer Matt Tell. Matt's got the uh, state fair mojo going. I can just feel it. There's so much behind the scenes that goes on with the state fair. We've got a lot of people from the Midtown Global Market that will be at the fair. So look around, look for them. You can find out more information at Midtown Global Market or Friends of the Global Market. But we want to talk about our guest today here, who I'm so excited to have Russell Betts here. I'm going to just tell you one nugget of Russell of why he's here is... One of my good friends, Ellen Goldberg-Luger, who we should get her as a guest on here before she moves off to Rome. Um, She introduced me to Russell and I talk all things track and field with him. But Russell, we're not going to talk all about that today, so don't worry. But why don't you just let the listeners know a little bit about what you're doing in your day job. And thank you so much for joining us here today. No, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, My name is Russell Betts and I am a philanthropic advisor at the Minneapolis Foundation. So uh, thanks for having me and looking forward to our conversation. Russell and I don't mm-hmm. know all the details about what you do at work, mm-hmm. but I know you're, you're a connector. Uh, I've seen you out and about um, mm-hmm. several times uh, in the community. Um, have you been to the market before? I have actually my first um, event as part of the Minneapolis Foundation was coming to RT Ryback, my, uh, my CEO's kind of his welcoming um, welcoming event was held right here at the Global Market. So I was invited before I started working there to just come out, meet some of the donors, meet some of the community and things. And so actually that was my first time and my first introduction to the Minneapolis Foundation and uh, the Global Market. So, oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, I got to say, I am, you know, we've been coming here now, Matt and I, but for me, mm-hmm. the market is such an exciting feel mm-hmm. um, in the Twin Cities and all these entrepreneurs and growing their businesses as well as, yeah. you know, customers coming in from mm-hmm. all over the... Um, I just say Lake Street Corridor. Lake Street and, Corridor, yeah. yeah. To me, I just drive down and I just feel the history of Lake yes. Street. Anyway, so I'm really wanting the, the Twin Cities to thrive in all areas and community. Yeah. So thank you for being here and for all the work mm-hmm. the foundation does yeah, uh, in the Twin Cities mm-hmm. to make a difference. So let's talk a little bit, not even a little bit, let's talk a lot uh, for our 20 minutes together mm-hmm. about networking. And sure. um, you are from the South. Yes, I'm originally from a small town called Abbeville, Louisiana, and cent- center of the state and right down on the Gulf. So Nice. And mm-hmm. your track career brought you north? Yes. Um, so I got a track scholarship to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where I was a 400-meter hurdler and a triple jumper, and um, that got me out of the south, uh, which I still love the south, but I love Madison. I'm, I am a badger through and through. Uh, it gave me a great opportunity to start my career, and it's a different way of life. 
yes. up north in the Midwest. Yes. So, and um, did you look up when we had lunch a couple of weeks ago? Did you look up the um, the high jumper? Oh, Duplantis, uh, yeah. the pole vaulter. Pole Dupla- vaulter. Duplantis, yes, because um, his father, I learned during our conversation, actually, that he uh, was during my era. So I, Greg was a, I mean, just. I think he, I don't know, he was a national record holder back then, his father was, and it was great to see the, you know, the, the genes continue through that family, so, yeah. and Duplantis, it's not many, not many people knew, uh, have that last name, so I connect it right away. Yeah. yeah. Good. That well, I'm going to put a link uh, in the show to this, and Matt, if you haven't seen it, this young man, mm-hmm. um, he broke the world record mm-hmm. in... What is it called? Oh, the pole the vault. Pole, I'm terrible mm-hmm. with all these yeah. triple jump, pole vault, high jump, long jump. All I know is these are phenomenal athletes. Yeah. So when I watched him break the world record and then do a backflip or a front mm-hmm. flip, it was just a super exciting moment. But okay, I digress today mm-hmm. because because when we first met, you know, again, I did. I don't think I knew you ran track. How did we no. must have gotten on that? What, was I talking about my son? Yes. I probably was in the mode yeah. of always talking about my son and i was so excited mm-hmm. for his shot put and discus was, and i was trying to offer advice about events that i never participated yes, in you talked about the decathlon <laughs> yeah. so now mm-hmm. i tried to push that on on eric and uh it didn't work because the the decathlon is you're sort of he says average at everything but they're sick athletes so yeah it's they're called the world's greatest athletes for a reason yes so yes mm-hmm. okay so your career, your work at the foundation, tell mm-hmm. me about networking or your philosophy on building relationships. Yeah. Um, and if you allow me, I'll, I'll actually go back to, I started out as the director of, director of diversity at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And as you would imagine in thinking about, I came from the South to Madison, Wisconsin, completely different culture, not knowing anyone. I mean, different culture, different food, different everything. Um, fast forward that into my position as the director of diversity and working at the Alumni Association. I wasn't, I was still getting accustomed to uh, the cultures, uh, different ways of life for folks. And so I needed to figure out a way to connect with people. And so, uh, and that has, progressed even through my time here at the Minneapolis Foundation but it's really uh, it's really about connection how do I get to know people being open being uh, curious about people's backgrounds um, I've had to overcome not being afraid to talk about my own because it is it's quite different um, I like to say you can all you can go to New York California Florida anywhere in the country and find some similar cultures but nothing like Southern Louisiana's culture. So when talking about different things uh, from my upbringing, I was sometimes shy and, and, to be honest, embarrassed about things we did and how we talked. My roommate could barely understand me, he said, when, really? I, fir- when I first uh, got to Madison. And, um, and wait, where was your roommate from? So he, was was from a- uh, he was from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. Yeah, so Terry Reese, one of my, he was born a, born a day before me, ran the high hurdles. We had a lot in common, but I'd say little things like, you know, um, putting up the groceries. 
you put away the groceries. You don't put them up. up. There's a cultural thing there because of different things. You actually did have to put your things above so the insects, animals wouldn't get it. So there was a reason right. for me saying. But I was, it was little things like that that I didn't even know that I was embarrassed about, actually. And so I became very cautious when I talked to people. So getting back to your question uh, and to the topic, being vulnerable and open and wanting to learn about people or some of the things that I, I needed to, I needed to get um, incorporate into my lifestyle very quickly in order to, to survive, really. Right. Or I needed to move back south. Well, I I'm fascinated because you know Wisconsin is a Big Ten, mm-hmm. you know Division One school that's mm-hmm. massive, mm-hmm. right? But I was struck by the track culture even at you know smaller school you know it really is community mm-hmm. so was that how you develop your so your roommate ran track mm-hmm. yeah and so that's that's kind of how it started i had there's another guy who actually i was on a recruiting trip to lsu uh i was with him we we met there he ended up coming to wisconsin as well so i knew so i knew one person uh and so but that became my you know my group right. uh my tribe for lack of a better word and so we did everything together we went out together we most of our classes were together and so it was a nice little family to start off with nice. so and they were from different states as well so so it was nice to be able to learn more about wisconsin in the midwest from them right Okay, two words you use that I think are important for anyone uh, is is explain. You said curious and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, when you were beginning your career, mm-hmm. how would you be curious whether you were walking into an event or getting to know someone? Because mm-hmm. um, you're you're very um, poised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, and I'll I'll keep going back and forth with the curiosity and the vulnerable piece, I needed to get past thinking some questions were off limits because as I was growing up, my mother would say, say, boy, don't ask ask them that question. They don't want to, that's their business. Right. Too invasive. And so the curiosity part is just, it's realizing the things like, you know, so what do you do? What's your occupation? How did you get there? What made you... Uh, want to be an orthopedic surgeon Um, what training did you do you know and just kind of go down a path and that's where that curiosity comes in of um, even if I have no interest in science um, then you start to learn more about their backgrounds and saying you know you know I grew up in Deerfield Wisconsin and on a farm and now let's make some connections because I come from a rural background like was it a dairy farm or was it a beef farm or did you have pigs and just being curious about finding that connection that you can relate to and then build that conversation from there so that's you know I've I've tried to and it's something that I work on all the time not just it's not something that I'm a master at now Um, so well I I don't know I would say Mm -hmm. um, again I've found our conversations you know we've only met a hand handful Mm -hmm. of times Mm -hmm. And I always find I walk away from our conversation feeling like I've gotten to know you a little bit better. We've mm-hmm. connected. So 
interesting that you feel like you're always working on it because some of the best networkers I know are kind of always um, paying attention. Mm -hmm. Paying attention to people. Yeah. You're an all-star. So I tell Matt, I'm like, they wouldn't be on the they wouldn't be on the All Star Networking show if I didn't think you were an no. All Star Networker. <laughs> Not that there's some like grading system or oh, anything. Oh no, thank Just you. Just more, you're you're doing a lot of really mm-hmm. great work. The piece too about the being vulnerable or when you decide what you share. And you said you're from a rural mm-hmm. part of Louisiana. How do you decide what to share about personal or about work things? And that's, that's a, sorry, that's an off script yeah. tough question. No, so no, it's take a, good, a minute be, and yeah. think about it because I know for me, that's one that I wrestle with. Mm-hmm. And as I get to know people, I never want to be superficial, but mm-hmm. I also want, don't want to be too forward. Yeah. And that's, an, no, I, I, I'm thinking only because, and I don't know the right word for it. I'm a, a feeler. So, uh, and I don't always get it right, but I try to sometimes... I don't try to push the boundaries as far as getting too too close too fast, but asking people about themselves, but also being willing to answer if that question was reversed on me. I don't have an example of what kind of question that would be, but if I knew at this, at this point in time I wasn't willing to, I, would, I wouldn't feel comfortable sharing something, right. more than likely I wouldn't go down that road with that person. And I'm a pretty... I'm a pretty private person, yeah. so so that's right. why I wrestle with it a lot. A close friend of mine here in town, I remember asking her, uh, seeing her and saying, oh, I love your hair. She, her hair was short. I hadn't seen her in a long time, really short haircut, and I was like, I love it. It looks great. And I saw the, the look on her face, and she was just like, thank you. And I was like, no, you should be happy about that. And she was like, no, what you don't know is that it's just growing back because... I'm recovering from cancer. You know, I needed to be um, uh, open enough to ask the question, and especially on a physical, something that's physical. Physical, yeah. But knowing that those things are going to happen sometimes. But then I got to learn more about that. Her journey, yeah. Her journey. And we were friends, and she shared some things. And I looked looked at that not as a, boy, you, you really put your foot in your mouth and you shouldn't have asked it turned into a great way for us to connect and bond even more so with our friendship and getting to know that person. But I'm still careful about when I make comments now right. about those things. It's, I use it also as a learning experience for myself. Well, and again, I think that's part of networking mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. or building relationships is we don't always say the, the right thing. But, you, you no. know, she wouldn't have shared it with you mm-hmm. probably if she didn't feel comfortable. Exactly. So I think mm-hmm. it's... Uh, we learn we're, you yes. know, we're human beings yeah. you know and I think if you're too scripted Ex- exactly and, and, and it's interesting you say on the physical part because you know we want to get to know people and when you say oh that's I love your dress or I love your outfit mm-hmm. then somebody says well you're not supposed to comment on the, and I'm like okay I would like to like you with rules mm-hmm. your mom saying mm-hmm. you can't ask about these things it mm-hmm. was money politics yeah you know race mm-hmm. You know, so, so I'm like, okay, so what can I talk about? You know, I mm-hmm. want to know how do I. And so, and it, you know, and just to me, if there are moments when I will be vulnerable and say to someone, hey, I just don't know exactly what's off limits and what's on, but I really would like to know about X. And I, 
and ha have them help you ask the question right. uh, in a way that's more suitable for them. And uh, they also will know that you're being genuine and want to know know about it. And it's not so scripted. It's just it's interesting. And again, I think about you and I have met coffee, mm -hmm. lunch, out at a, uh, at a big event, you know, mm -hmm. a fundraising event. Mm -hmm each of those instances I feel like there's sort of different conversational patterns for yeah. people building mm -hmm. relationships I love to do the intro introduction mm -hmm. of introducing someone else to it mm -hmm. so even you two talking and you not knowing oh Russell's from the Minneapolis Foundation and even in you know and especially my position now and my previous I've always been essentially in some form of philanthropy in a way it was dropping me down in a room nine times out of ten I'm the only person of color in that room with and if you can imagine some alumni events where you have the kind of the old guard old yep. guys they know each other they they shared experiences they may live in Tennessee so they have all those experiences and then I walk into the room and sometimes I felt like you know the record stopped and everyone stopped and stared right. and then they learn I'm from the University of Wisconsin or where, whoever I'm representing and that that's our connection so they want to know what did you study what did you do and so so utilizing utilizing those connections or what they and they may not be very visible but I want to go deeper so being from the south and I happen to be in the south and like what are you what are your thoughts on you know how did you make the adjustment from living in Bayfield, Wisconsin to Nashville, Tennessee. How did you make that transition? What brought you here? Again, being curious and things and, um, nice. and then offering advice if I can. And do you, uh, I just wrote a newsletter on follow-up mm -hmm. and, and follow-up and reaching out with people. Mm -hmm. Are you a phone, email, text, LinkedIn person or how do you like to connect with people again something i'm continually working on i probably am more of an email person but i'm still I'm, I'm still trying to do a better job of that i also knew someone taking some things from uh, a salesperson i knew who i really and truly believed had a um a rolodex of on this week i'm calling this person on that next week i'm calling this group of people etc I don't like being so scripted, but I certainly see the value in, in doing that. So I will sometimes just randomly, I did it today, there was about three people on, not professionally, but from a friendship aspect of my life, I texted about three or four people and it was just like, I'm thinking about you, wanted to say hello, I hope all is well. To them it may seem random, to me it may seem random. But it really is just staying in touch with people. It's very necessary for me to do that in my own job every day as well, to be able to uh, reach out to people. And you'll come to find out that there's a, a rhythm, a something that they will probably usually say, you know, I was just thinking about you yesterday and I needed to call you for whatever reason. And you'll find that more times than not. So when you're thinking about someone, if they pop into your head, write that email, make that phone call, send a text, whatever, you know, whatever is convenient for you. Nine times out of ten, um, they're thinking about you too. 
And my one little quick nugget of that, my very first phone call when I got into philanthropy, I needed to call a donor to set up my very first meeting. And I was like, how do I do this? What do I say? And I said, you just got to do it. So I did it, picked up the phone call. And he was like, you know, exact same thing. I was just about to pick up the phone to call you. I got your email the other day and uh, was going to follow up with you and literally was going to nice. do that. And it's just like, you know, just know everyone is, everyone is on that same journey and, and part of, of it. And the, uni- yep. and the universe is, that, that statement, the universe conspires to support you. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is true. That it is does absolutely do that. True. But I like to... Just tactically for people, you mm-hmm. mentioned phone, email, mm-hmm. and texting, texting. people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think sometimes we think we can only communicate with people one way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's nice to, I said, use the phone. You know, let somebody yeah. hear your voice and hear that, like, you're happy to talk mm-hmm. to them. Or, or the maybe o- not, you know. And the other thing, I know it sounds really old and may date, may date me, but I've also started to write little note I bought myself I have some in my bag right now little note cards that's empty on the inside and just dropping a note to someone a handwritten note which sounds old but no one does it anymore if you're looking to distinguish yourself going back and being old school sometimes is actually a good thing and how about you know back to the you walk in the room and you're the only Mm -hmm. person of color in the Mm -hmm. room building a diverse network sort of mm-hmm. intentionally building a diverse network mm-hmm. or any thoughts on where we're at in the world right now mm-hmm. and and encouraging yeah. people to have a diverse network. Mm-hmm. As we sit here, you know, Matt, how many different countries are represented and ethnicities mm-hmm. and religions? Yeah. And- I just think um, defining diversity for yourself is very important and not only thinking of it as a racial a racial thing as a as a black man myself looking at other cultures and uh looking at other cultures going and again being curious and learning if i'm in work in a room making sure that i try to make a connection in that way also with those cultures that may just look like a white male standing talking to a group of people and not knowing that that person may be from spain brazil russia different cultures and also just being curious, going over and meeting everyone and learning about the diversity within them as well. Uh, from a racial standpoint, knowing that I may be, I'm still sometimes the only black man in a room. If there are others in the room, knowing that that can be an uncomfortable situation, reaching out, going over, making sure you introduce yourself, um, learning about them. Why are they there? What are they, what are they hoping hoping to achieve by being at that event. Right. Uh, I'm very open about those questions when I, whenever I, I meet folks. Like, what brings you here? That's a good question. What, what brings you here? Mm-hmm. Or, or finding that common, common ground connection. I also like that you say defining diversity for yourself. Mm-hmm. Probably said this, but I asked people to look at your holiday card list. Mm-hmm. And does it represent the diversity you would like to see yeah. You know, in places that you are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that sort of caught them off guard. One of the things, and you're going to think I'm just saying this because we were together. It's one of the things I remember. I remembered you said that once. And I don't know where it was, but because it made me think about it. Yeah. 
And also, who would I send a holiday card to? And the why. Yeah. So being in that room with folks and knowing, knowing what their... And, the, and also what their connection is to the event, to other people in the room, and then trying to find that common ground, that commonality amongst, amongst you all and all of us and work from there mm-hmm. and leverage that because you never know where that's going to where you're going to lead mm-hmm. awesome i'm probably not going to be the best representative to talk about this i know this place is pretty much attributed to rt and his time when he was was mayor as i mentioned that was kind of his coming out his coming out party uh here at the global market joanne stately i can't even say enough about uh i knew about joanne working with a physician at the university of minnesota who's like you're in fundraising do you know joanne stately like no you should call Joanne Stately. Oh, I'm sorry. Joanne is the um, she is one of our uh, one of our senior members on our community impact team. She's been at the foundation a number of years, uh, but more importantly, her impact in the city as a whole. And I can't run down her resume, but she's just so extremely connected to all communities, especially uh, our um, our Native American community. Uh, is one just one but she's leading right now our main street uh, project that's helping to revitalize lake street uh, west broadway midway all the cultural corridors after the unrest uh, a couple years ago so uh, she's leading that and she's the right person to do that because she knows and she's so smart she's just terribly smart terribly smart Um, talk about construction stuff and joanna is like asking questions and i'm like did you used to be in that business she's like, no she just, just learns she it just, <laughs> she's just she's just that good so love joanna to death and so so no but this you know we are going to be hosting uh it's not like i'm on a, a commercial we're gonna oh, be a, i like this I, this is a, it this is the part of curiosity so i'm oh, curious yeah you lit up but he's from the minneapolis foundation mm-hmm. i had forgotten about that rt was you behind the mark excuse me, the market and this building mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. You know, his, to me, history is fascinating, but it's also the people behind it that say, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to shape the Twin Cities yeah. or you call all these areas cultural mm-hmm. corridors. So we want people to be mm-hmm. shopping and supporting and yeah. entrepreneurs are so much the part of the fabric of the Twin Cities as are the Fortune 500 companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're hosting a bus tour, uh, two bus tours. Uh where we, for, as part of our Invest in PLS program, we have donors who contribute to a program. It's kind of like a revolving door loan program. And part, a number of the businesses that have been supported by it are kind of along Lake Street, including uh, entrepreneurs here in the global market. And so we have, I think we'll, I think we're going to start the tour here, the bus tour here, and then starts here and ends here. And we'll, we'll you know, go up and down, visit businesses businesses to allow our, our donors to see the impact that they're having in the community. Great. Um, and hopefully they'll do more. And yeah, so it's, so Lake Street's, I, I was on a call yesterday with a fund that's working on the, on the facades here on Lake Street. So Lake Street's huge for Working us. on what? Lake, the facades. The facades, oh yeah. Yeah, and so uh, take, helping to take down all the boards. Uh, if you've noticed, if you drive down, there's like tons of new murals on buildings now. Yeah. That's all part of um, our Restore, Rebuild, Reimagine fund. 
lot of security cameras, new windows, just to have it feel like a vibrant place. All the things that you and I talked about uh, and getting people back down here and supporting the area. It's exciting to be part of that work. Yeah. And from a networking standpoint, meeting new people, coming down to Lake Street, whether it's in this building or walking some of the businesses, talking to them about what I do. And there's a natural curiosity, oh, the Minneapolis Foundation. But then making sure to let those individuals and businesses know that it's about them, not about us. And from a networking standpoint, one can look at it as being very selfish. But I learned very early on that if you're offering something to help people out, that's the best form of networking that I've ever been able to do. And saying, how can I help you? What can I, you know, I may have just met you and I know only one person in a room of 500. Maybe I can help you by introducing you to that person. And having it be about that. And so if there's a nugget that I would leave, that's it. It's not about me. And as long as I can remember that and I'm always of service to someone else and to something, things are going to come your way and people are going to remember that. That's the foundation I've built any of my networking on. And that's, I've got to say, that's what makes you an all-star. So from the moment I met you, I can tell, and just seeing you out at an Mm -hmm. event and what you're doing for the Twin Cities. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad you now put your groceries away versus putting your groceries (laughs) up. Yes. So thank you very much for being a guest today on the All-Star Networking Show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the All-Star Networking Podcast with Kathy Paper. To learn more about strategic networking and making impactful connections, visit rockpaperstar.com. Please join us in supporting the Midtown Global Market as a vital community resource that supports small business, cultural diversity, and free or low-cost programming. Reach us at friendsofglobalmarket.org.